my life is a fucking joke, and this is why I want, one of the reasons I want to move. Because it's way too easy for something like this to happen. So let's let's do a let's do a fucking podcast. To to start, I should probably What's up? Well, you know, I, I should probably address some stuff that's happened in the past four months. Like, um Has it been that long? Yeah, it's been that long. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened. Like I'm going through a divorce and I'm still job hunting and I've changed my entire name. Mm-hmm. You have. And I have lost a co-host, but I want to start by talking about the most important thing that has changed, which is that I'm now doing the show in Notion instead of Google Sheets. What's up with that? Why did you pick this? I don't know. I've been using Notion a lot for like taking notes in my own life. Okay. Especially in meetings at work where I am realizing that if I don't take notes, I'm utterly fucked. Mm, sure. ADHD. It's a, it's a fucking fucking disaster. Yeah, yeah, it is. So I've been using Notion for a lot of note-taking in my general life, and I was like, okay, I know that Notion can do, like, spreadsheet-style stuff, so let's try that and see how it works for the podcast. And right away, I can tell that this is really, really bad at being a spreadsheet app. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, here's the thing. What you're using this for isn't necessarily the greatest thing for a spreadsheet anyway. However, this is a terrible spreadsheet app. I don't know. I I do think I like Google Sheets better for this specific purpose, and I'm probably gonna have to go back. Yeah, it it feels like that might work better. But I did want to give it. I did want to give it a good like one-off, really hard try. Sure. And see if it works. And here we are. This is Idle Curiosities, a search-driven podcast by Noel Midnight and Liz Mulholland. Each week, we look through what we've been looking up online and ask ourselves and guests about what led us to our searches and what it is we've learned. This week, I want to start by talking about a few changes to the show. Firstly, I've changed my name. Again. I'm going by Noel Midnight now, and my pronouns are E-Air. Also, in recent discussions with Jason Hellman, it's become clear that he cannot continue the show with me at this time, so in his stead, I've brought on friend of the show Liz Mulholland to co-host and usher in a new era of what this podcast can be. I'm pleased as peaches to have her here, and I hope you enjoy this new chapter in Idle Curiosities. So, after all of that, Liz, can you introduce yourself real quick? No, I can't, because I keep getting distracted. Yeah, no, that sounds right. <laughs> so, um, so you're saying that you are a trans woman with ADHD? Is that what I'm getting? Listen here. <laughs> uh, yes, hi, my name is Liz. Um, I've been on this podcast before, however, I've only ever been tactically deployed. I've never actually been the guest on an episode. So um, you might have heard my voice before, here or from elsewhere. You probably know about my Twitter at this point, Selective401. Yeah, you're getting really hot on Twitter. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know if I like it. Like, I'm I'm not changing anything about how I post, but I do keep noticing my follow count keeps creeping higher. See, that's what happens when you come out as trans, is all of a sudden the other transes find you, and then your number goes up, and then all of a sudden you're getting DMs saying, how dare you? I don't, the only D- I don't get any weird DMs. No, I haven't gotten that either. I've heard about it, but <laughs> I haven't gotten it. Oh yeah, I've heard plenty about it, but I have not personally received any. Uh, just a lot of spam, a lot of spam lately. So, tell me real quick, how to get rid of a flat screen TV. Um. <laughs> first so, off, first off, what happened to this TV that you need to get rid of it? Oh, nothing happened to the TV itself. Um, something happened to me. Uh, so, <laughs> that sounds ominous. I didn't mean it to sound that ominous. I've just, I've been thinking about restructuring a fair amount of my life over the past probably two months or so at this point we've been seriously thinking about it i'm planning on moving later this year and i mean the short answer to borrow a phrase from another podcaster is things need to leave my house they okay. just i i have too many things in my house and the thing, i'm the thing kind I'm, of i'm kind of sitting in that same space where i'm looking at everything especially like post-divorce where i have a ton of shit that was acquired during the 11 years of being married. And I'm going, right, right, right. how much of this actually makes sense for the next chapter of life? See, this, uh, I, have, <laughs> um, I have a bunch of shit in my closet right now that isn't even from my divorce. It's from my parents' divorce that they oh, foisted God. on me while they were getting divorced that I still haven't gone through. Because, like, A, it's a little bit emotionally fraught for me. And B, it's just a bunch of shit, you know? It's just a bunch of stuff I don't probably don't care about, but I have to go through it at some point. So that needs to leave my house at some point. But the thing with this TV, it's a, it's a nice TV. I found a friend who wanted a TV, so it worked out great. I just, it's, it's a big TV. It's a 55-inch 4K TV. And I 
probably used it maybe 10 times since I acquired it when I moved here in 2019. Okay. Wait, why, why, don't, why don't you use the TV? Because most of the time if I'm watching a movie, I'm lying in bed watching it on the small TV in the bedroom or on my laptop or something. And oh, so what, what about like big cinematic movies, stuff like the Blade Runners of the world? Oh, I just watch those on the TV or on my laptop or on an okay. iPad. I don't care. Okay, not, okay, I, okay. I care a little bit, but I don't you care that You have no much. respect for Roger Deakins. I get it. Okay. That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I will watch Dune on an iPod 5G. Come at me. <laughs> no, it's just I don't like I bought the TV. I've had cable since I moved here because um, it wasn't until very recently that I worked out how to get around the MLB TV local blackout for watching the Red Sox. Mm. But most of the time, if I'm enjoying a baseball game, I have the radio on. I'm not watching the TV broadcast. I'm listening to the radio broadcast. I am not a sports person. I'm not a baseball person. Can you explain yeah. that to me? Why would you not watch the game? So this kind of only applies to baseball. Baseball is a game that I think at least is uniquely suited to being listened to by a radio broadcast as opposed to being watched because people say this and they're not wrong although it does get under my skin it's not the most interesting sport people who say that baseball is boring aren't entirely wrong it's a slow sport it's a sport where there are brief flurries of inact of activity punctuated by minutes of basically nothing happening and to me at least a like a decent even a half decent radio broadcaster can who can do a good job of telling you what's going on and sort of painting the word picture of what everything looks like on the field it suits the it suits the pace of the game a lot more than it okay. does for other sports. Okay, okay. So I mean, like the thing about hockey, listening to a listening to a radio broadcast of a hockey game is a lot more frenetic. It's a lot more frantic. It's a little bit harder to keep up with. Baseball, you can go half an hour and nothing's happened. That sounds which... awful. <laughs> I'm exaggerating slightly. There would be at least two commercial breaks in there by now. Um, okay, but like, but, what, um, what 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 do, what do they talk about during that half hour? So, and this is the thing: the best, it's in my book at least, the best TV announcers are the ones who sort of treat it like a like it's a radio broadcast, and also aren't afraid to just if it if the if there's a delay long enough, or there's nothing happening long enough, or there's something particularly interesting happening in the stands as opposed to on the field. The, the the broadcasters will just go off on that for a little bit. They'll just go off on tangents, whatever they feel like it. It's not on like a podcast in that respect. Sure. There's a um, <laughs> one of my favorite things, and this is from a television broadcast of a baseball game. But one of my favorite things is back in 2000, I think it was 2006 or so, 2005, something around there. The um the broadcast the uh, broadcast team for the Red Sox like went in with the telestrator and everything doing a slow-mo replay on some guy who got a slice of pizza thrown at him at him in the stands. What? Yeah, they just um I'll I'll put the link in the things for you to watch later. It's they just they diagram, they you know, they draw the they John Madden it up. They do it in slow motion. It's <laughs> they this is just what they do during baseball games when they're so between pitches. Baseball commentators have to be a lot more color commentators talking about everything not just the game yes absolutely because uh, i mean you know and even if that's just like going through the um you know the the media guide for like interesting stories about the players or whatever because there are you know you figure it's 10 to 30 seconds on it probably between pitches if a um if it's even remotely fast. Um, mm -hmm. So there's still a lot of downtime. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. So they're, so they're like, um, so like slightly less shitty podcasters. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're really, it's just talking about inanity for as long as is necessary to get the time filled so that they can push something to publish. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Or until okay. the next time that someone actually takes a swing. You know. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> speaking of sidebars and diversions there. So I realized... Like, literally, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that since September 2019, when I moved in here, I don't think I've used it more than 10 times. I never used you've, it. And, like, you've it's just gone an entire goddamn pandemic and you still can't use the fucking TV. No, I just use one of the other screens in my house. <laughs> and there are so many screens in my house. Yeah, I. And the thing that bugs me about it, a lot of it, is just like, I'm trying to think how do I want to rearrange the living room? How do I want to move the furniture around? And. The TV has to be on that wall because that's where the cable outlet is, and it's just a whole. It it it. it now, traditionally, and, traditionally on idle curiosities, what happens is I ask you about a search term, and then you ask me about a search term. But you've really teed me up. Uh huh. 
Is this why you searched living room projector? Because you're like, I don't know. The one thing that I have that's big and fancy doesn't get get used. So let's pull in something that's bigger and fancier. <laughs> is that yes, what this is no. about? Is that why you searched for living room projector? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because, because I'm not going to do it now because I'm planning to move later this year. After I move, I would like to have a way to watch things on a large surface that does not dictate the decor of the room. Mm. I would like to be able to stow the But it will it device. will dictate the decor of the room. Yeah, I mean, well, to an because extent, you, yeah. Because you I mean, still I have, to... have something you have to point your couches at. Yes. However, it's not going to be a big, a big TV. It can be whatever, and then when I want to watch something big, I just put the screen up. That's my mm. plan. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. I don't know if I'm going to go through with it. But that's why I was searching for that, yes. Because I was thinking, well, okay, how much more is a projector as compared to a good TV? Because this is, was a good TV. And it turns out uh, a bit more, but not that much more. I mean, a good TV, like the LG C9 is what? 1700 bucks. Yeah, it's about that much for a decent living room TV projector thing. Is it? I thought there were way more since you have to fight, you know, ambient light. If you can, they've come down a little bit. Like, I mean, here's the thing. There is no ceiling on projector costs. I do know that. <laughs> you can spend obscene amounts of money, but no, like a decent, a decent living room projector that's still fairly bright is around 1500 to $1,800. Okay. And how much is the screen? Oh, I don't fucking know. I didn't look that far yet. <laughs> I didn't look at how much the screen costs. It's just, if all else fails, you can just use a white wall. Every apartment comes with those. Not if you want good color balance. True, true, true. But, you know, in a pinch. Sure, in a pinch, in a pinch. I don't know. <laughs> no, I haven't looked at how much the screen costs yet. But, like, I mean, it's it's one screen. How much can it cost? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I've done research. I've done research on projectors before, and uh -huh. I I do find myself consistently going, "Yeah, this would be really cool." But God fucking damn, it is way too expensive to be practical for anybody at this point. Yeah, I I think they've come down a little bit since then, but not that much. Um, okay. The other thing that really interests me is like they do make um those really short throw projectors that you can put like on a table up against the wall that you're projecting onto and that somehow works, but those also cost like $3,000. I don't trust those. There, there's yeah. something fucky happening, and I don't trust it. it. It might be witchcraft. We don't know. Mm, yeah, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, so, <laughs> if we found 20 minutes talking about TV and baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how the show works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. No, I was just looking at yours, trying to see if I could make a really good transition here, but I don't see one. Um, you know, as as Jason and I learned... During the first phase of this show, it's mm -hmm. not it's not transitions the musical, it's idle curiosities. I would not pay money to see transitions the musical, just for the record. Oh, I absolutely would. I mean, only if they actually cast trans, you know, actors. But wait, is this an actual musical? No. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if I was missing another bit or not. Okay, Gary, I didn't think I was, but you never know. You never know. You never know. All right, let's just go with the keep Bodom warm pour over because I feel like I know things about this at the very least. Okay. Yeah. So. I have switched to making coffee using one of the Bodum pour-overs that looks like a Chemex, but isn't technically a Chemex because it's way, way, way fucking cheaper than a Chemex. Right, yes. I like those. I really like it a lot. Well, I mean, I like my actual Chemex, but yeah, the Bodums are good too. I like them. I like it a lot. Yeah. I just have one problem, which is that by the time I get to my third cup of coffee, it is <laughs> lukewarm at best. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, um, what you're looking for is called a carafe. A carafe. Like a metal carafe? Yeah, an insulated carafe, or even Wait, you so, could just use so a thermos. I, I, so you're saying that I should pour the coffee from the bottom into a secondary device so that I can put it in my tertiary device. That's right. I don't like that. I'm not saying you can't just free pour from the carafe into your mouth. I am saying you shouldn't. Now, see, I was using, like, a Yeti insulated thermos for yeah. a while, but I don't, I don't like drinking coffee out of one of those. There's something about the bottle that makes it all taste different and I oh yeah no it, it doesn't um i mean ideally you're you're ideally if you really got in want to get into it on a thermos is you probably want one that's one, one that's glass lined so that it doesn't yeah. um, impart any weird flavors because i found that yeah no especially is like really susceptible to the weird flavors of a thermos yes yeah so you want a coffee or ceramic like i have a ceramic lined travel bug which is also nice so coffee or ceramic lined um insulated thermos yes you're going to be making even more 
you're gonna have to wash another device. See, I don't like you're that. Gonna have, I know you're gonna have three vessels, but like it's it's kind of just you gotta if you want to keep it warm. You you, you gotta. Is this what you found? But now that I've completely talked over you searching for this, <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, what I found uh-huh. was that people say you should wrap the bottom in a t- in a towel, and that keeps it warm enough. Yeah, the towel like provides that like liner of insulation that keeps it yeah. warm enough. Because I'm not going hours between my cups of coffee here. Like, yeah, no, that first cup when it's still really hot, like that one takes me maybe 20 minutes to get through. The second one maybe 10 minutes and then i'm back for that third one pretty quick yeah yeah so it's not like i'm letting it sit for hours and so Mm -hmm. people say yeah just wrap a towel so i got to thinking Mm -hmm. could i knit essentially a hat that slides over the bottom a bottom cozy a bottom cozy hand knitted so i think that's something i'm going to try to do okay that might work it might work. I don't know much about fabric, to be honest, because the only thing I would think about is how much of an insulating effect like the towel has as compared to a thing of knitwear. Now, see, I think I would want to use something like cotton and not wool, because I think wool will let too much heat out. I want a cotton or maybe even a polyester. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. See, I was gonna, I, see, I would have said wool first, because I assume wool is warmer, but it does do that whole wicking thing, so maybe not. Wool is temperature regulating. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want the temperature regulated. I want the temperature retained. Well, technically, that is a form of regulation, but... Well... <laughs> I'm just being pedantic, don't worry. Um... Oh, yeah, no, I'm aware. <laughs> where, um... where, where, where Jason was my neurotic co-host, mm-hmm. you seem to be the uh, pedantic one. <laughs> Nobody's ever said that about, about me before. Also, I'm lying. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's my thing, is I think I'm going to try to modify a hat pattern and knit up a cozy where I just have, like, knitted ribbing mm-hmm. yeah. to, like, cinch it up. Can I ask, before you attempt this, have you tried it with a towel and does it Oh, work? no. No, I have not tried it. You should probably try it first before you start knitting. Although, I mean, it would be cute anyway. It would be cute regardless. Right. As a display thing. So. And polyester yarn is cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it works, I have a pattern that I can upload to Ravelry and, like, put my yeah. name on, which would be pretty fucking cool. That would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's my thing. That's what I'm working on. Uh, tell me about cowboy boots. <laughs> um, so I've been off my meds for like two weeks. Um, that's only halfway. <laughs> <day>. um... <laughs> okay, tell me about cowboy boots. <laughs> no, I mean, this is the thing. I have been a bit going through it lately because I was between insurances because I started a new job. And my hormones ran out a little bit before I could actually re- uh, get a refill mm-hmm. on the new insurance. So for the past, like, two weeks or so, I've been fight- constantly fighting urges like dyeing my hair black or trying to give myself bangs on a wig. Oh, I don't oh. have enough hair. For I dyed my hair black. And you, you know did. what? I hate it. Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah. I desperately want to go back to the bright fire engine red. I desperately want to go back. The fire engine red was good. I liked the fire engine red a lot. No, so I've just been, you know... In addition to thinking about renovating my living room and also the rest of my apartment and also the rest of my life, which is somewhat tangentially related, to be perfectly honest, you know, I've been thinking about dumb fashion shit, like buying a jean jacket, which is something I wanted to do anyway. But like something occurred to me and it occurred to me after I got back from spending a week in Reno, I should buy a pair of cowboy boots. And then I fell down. Now, see, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you actually want cowboy boots. I think you've just been infected by Reno. That's possible. It's a lovely city. It it's really charming. Um, is it? The desert is absolutely beautiful. See, I don't I don't have a mental picture of what Reno is as a city. Like it is a blank spot on the map for me. Reno is kind of interesting because to me it looks like like an old western town that has survived. It looks like the picture in your head of a of a western town to me. In the same way that Los Angeles actually just looks like Los Angeles from the movies. Mm, yes. Reno just kind of looks, it has that same sort of feeling as someone would assume from having watched way too many Westerns if they were trying to picture what that city would look like if it had continued into the present. It would look like Reno. 
Hmm. And it's also surrounded on all sides by incredibly beautiful mountains. Um, what's not to love? Anyway, you're probably not entirely wrong about why un- the underlying reasons as to why I'm thinking about cowboy boots. I still want a pair. However, it's one of those things where like you can you can get really fractally deep into which boots are better and who makes better boots and what styles are better. And it oh, just for sure it gets overwhelmingly complex really quickly so my 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 first my first thought Mm -hmm. is does doc martin make cowboy boots that would be the most stereotypical thing i could purchase i see however i'm gonna let's find out right now doc doc martin's cowboy boots i feel like it looked ludicrous though they make like if you see their wincox ankle boot i'll post the link in the in the discord um i found someone who appears to have applied a western style pattern to their doc martens however they appear to be custom so if, if you look at this one, it's not quite cowboy booty enough, I don't think, but it's it's a start. Noel, I have to tell you, I own I know two people who own these exact boots. Do you? Yeah. Do they like them? I assume so. I've never asked them about them specifically. Okay. You don't you don't um, just randomly ask your friends about their boots? Because I'll be honest with you, that is something that I do. I have occasionally done this, however, not about these particular boots and not to the people who own them. Hmm. Um, I've found are, are these are okay. These Doc Martin actually... did used to make cowboy boots. They don't. Have yeah, that's right what now, I'm finding out. To. I just I'm gonna put a picture in the thing. Um, they I kind of I don't like it, but I don't hate it. You know. I think there's one here that has like a red leather upper. Yeah, th- that does look better. That's better. But you're right. It's it's not a cowboy boot. Cowboy boot. It's a Doc no. Martin trying to be a cowboy boot, and that's not quite yes. right. Yeah, no, not quite. Hmm. Yeah, so I've been thinking, I've been looking, I've been idly searching, lol. Um, and um, Jesus I'm just Christ. confused. And I've put that thought away for a little bit, but um, you know, I might come back to it for the summer. You never know. Now, here's here's my big concern. You you mentioned that you are thinking about moving yes. from the East Coast. Yes. Where are you intending to land, and will cowboy boots be the choice for where you land? Um, I'm intending to land somewhere in the Pacific time zone, and I don't care. Oh, okay, okay. So, hmm, I got a lot of thoughts on that. Like, I mean, practically probably not for certain weather conditions. Stylistically, I don't care. I really don't. Okay. I was going to say, because out here in Seattle, I just, I I don't see people wearing cowboy boots. Oh, you don't see people wearing cowboy boots out here either. Yeah. It's very rare. I'll be honest with you. I think the cowboy boots are going to be a mistake. You could be right. I think, I think you should get out. them. You should get them if you want them. <laughs> but you should be prepared for them to be a mistake. Oh, I'm absolutely—I've I, returned shoes before. I don't mind. Okay, 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 cool. Well, that's all I got. Every time I've been on the show, we've talked about trains. Let's have Amtrak Seattle. What are you thinking? Amtrak Seattle. Okay, so I have my—or I guess this happened since the podcast hiatus, which is I had vaginoplasty surgery. You did. And as part of that, there was a complication where I lost half of a labia majora. Like, the stitches just didn't hold, and just that giant chunk of skin just, like, disconnected and fell off. Really, really upsetting to have Yeah, less than ideal. Less than ideal. Yeah. And so, I'm going back now for the labiaplasty, and I found out that Kaiser is willing to pay for an Amtrak ticket for me to go from Seattle down to Portland for the surgery. Fantastic. So, I will be taking Amtrak for the first time ever. Ooh. This week. Oh, yeah, that is this week. I forgot. Yeah, so Wednesday, I get mm-hmm. on an Amtrak for the first time in my life, and I'm pretty fucking excited about it. So I did some quick Googling to figure out what tickets normally cost. Are you taking the Cascades, or are you on the on the uh, surf liner? I mean, the coast liner. I don't know. Let me try and figure that out for you. I also don't know the West Coast trains as well as the East Coast trains, so, you know, I couldn't tell you all the top of my head which one is which without looking sure. like... You know, if you told if you told me a train number on the East Coast, I could tell you if it's the Acela or the Regional or whatever like that. But West Coast, I don't know what the numbers are doing out there. Okay, I'm looking through my messages in my Kaiser inbox, mm-hmm. and it's showing me taking the 505 from Seattle to Portland. Which is an Arctic Monkeys song. It looks like this is the Cascades. <laughs> uh, yes, it is the Cascades. Okay, so that's, um. I mean, it doesn't really matter per se especially because i don't know which trains they're running on the cascades nowadays but i was just wondering if it was the one that stops in oregon or if it's the one that eventually goes all the way to los angeles nope this is one that stops in oregon 
It's only like a two-hour ride, isn't it? They're saying it departs at 2.12, arrives at 5.30. So, yeah. Longer than three hours, yeah. three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like... Tip a lamb track. <laughs> I don't have to rent a car. You don't have to rent a car. You don't have to drive. Which my, my, my first concern was that I was going to have to rent a car and drive down there myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just found oh, out... Oh, oh, and... Aha! <laughs> aha! And this is why you searched, do you need insurance to rent a car? That is why I searched, do you need insurance to rent a car? Because I thought I was going to have to rent a car because the the person who was going to take me down there had to back out last minute. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. And so without it able to drive me, I I was like, oh shit, what, what do I need to know? So I, I googled, do you need insurance to rent a car? And Liz, do you know the answer to that question? I do not. You do not need insurance to rent a car. That surprises me a little. You just have to pay for their insurance? Is that yep. what it is? Yep. And huh. all right. That's good to know it's because to know. I yeah. I don't have a car right now, so I'm not paying for insurance. Right, right of course not. No. Um, huh, that so is really, really good, good to, to know. know, actually. Yeah. But also, I found out that the Amtrak down to Portland is fucking mm-hmm. cheap. Really? Yeah, these are like 30 bucks each way. Oh, I always thought it would, I always assumed it would cost more out there, um, just in general. Because, like, uh, a three-hour train ride, that would probably, on the east, on the northeast corridor, cost probably, unless you buy the tickets really early, it probably costs about 50 bucks for a similar trip on the east okay. coast. Which isn't terrible. No. But it's still cheaper. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited I get to take Amtrak. Don't eat the hamburgers. If you go to the cafe car, don't get the hamburger. It's terrible. Okay, noted. It's it's in a bag, and they microwave it in the bag, and then this bread gets all soggy, and you don't want it. I'm probably not going to go to the cafe car. What I've been planning on doing is eating before I hit the train, taking mm-hmm. the train down, and then immediately finding a killer burger so that I can order the peanut butter pickle bacon burger. The peanut butter pickle bacon burger. That sounds really tasty. It is my interesting. Tasty. It is my favorite food that I have found in Portland. This is I was gonna say this is a Portland thing I assume killer burger not heard of it yeah it's it's uh it's like a small chain in Portland they're like three four okay. stores all right all right all right but goddamn they make a great burger <laughs> I haven't been forever we have a place like that here called Tasty Burger um mm. and I should go back soon because they do an amazing hamburger they used to do one they used to do one and I still miss it they used to do one with pineapple and a teriyaki glaze that I think about Ooh. constantly. Yeah. I've been to places that have burgers like that, and yeah, mm-hmm. those are great. It's one of my favorite kinds of burger, and it seems like it's harder to find than I feel like it should be. I just, I don't think I've been to very many burger places out here in the Northwest. You did kind of move during a pandemic, so you know. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I, th- I feel like the only burger place I go to consistently out here right now is Five Guys. Mm. Which, to be fair, Five Guys is very serviceable. It does the job well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a perfectly cromulent hamburger. I'm like, I'm a little sour on the lady because I feel like they keep making it more expensive for no reason. It's gotten really expensive. Yeah, I remember a time when you could get out of there with fries and a burger and a milkshake for like maybe 12, maybe 12 bucks at most. Yeah. And... And now we're up to like 17 for the same thing. It's pushing dangerously close to 20. And this goes against one of my most core held beliefs, which is that lunch shouldn't cost more than a tenner. No, I absolutely agree with that. I am upset with Five Guys because I think they have crossed a Rubicon. Really? Yeah, I think that they have officially reached the tipping point where they are no longer a reasonable lunch option. They are a... This is something I go to occasionally when I specifically want Five Guys. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you there. They're in, they're in Shake Shack territory now. Hmm, I've never been to a Shake Shack. Maybe once. I don't think they're as common on the West Coast. There's one in Seattle. There's one in Seattle. There's like four in Boston. And they're all over Manhattan, of course. That's where they started. There's one in Seattle, and it was a big deal <clears throat> when it opened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, I'm sure. Because yeah. everyone has heard about it from the East Coast. And like, I do think they're better it's a better burger than five guys it's definitely more expensive and you get less food but i do think it's better yeah see i like five guys just because like i love mushrooms on my burger and five guys makes it easy to just like throw those shits on just an insane amount of mushrooms it's great it's yeah it's wonderful my usual what's your usual five guys order 
Oh, uh, I just order it all the way. Ah, uh, see, I don't like ketchup. So mine is um, mustard. No, 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 not mustard. Mayo, A1, grilled mushrooms, grilled onions. Okay. And cheese. The A1. The grilled really onions. The grilled onions and the mushrooms are the most important part. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, peppers, too. Sometimes I do the peppers. Oh, interesting. Green peppers. I, don't, I yeah. don't do that often. But see, the important part of my order is the shake. Yes. Because you do the shake the same way that I like my burgers at Killer Burger. Peanut butter? Peanut butter. Mm. Bacon. Mm. Banana. I've never had bacon in a shake. I, I know it's there. I've just never bothered to try it. It is a great choice. The only problem is that sometimes it will clog the straw. See, that's what I was going to ask. Is it like bacon bits or do they just stick a stick of bacon into it? No, it's, it's, like, it's like bacon bits. Oh, okay. Huh. And it, it really does help the entire shake. It adds that saltiness and that, like... Well, yeah, because, like, it's, it's like salted caramel. I'm, I'm not opposed yeah. by far. I've just never tried it because, like, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little bit of a shake traditionalist. I usually do either strawberry malted or coffee malted. No way. Yeah, no. I, I'm a sucker for peanut butter and bacon together. Like, I... It's a good combo. An, if that's an option, I'm going to go for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. It's a good combo. Speaking of weird things, this is an awful segue. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Shoppers Find Weird Department Store. Oh, my God. This has been Wait, perplexing first off, me. First off, why did you Google it? Because I assume it's something that you found in person, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. why did you Google it? You didn't learn everything you needed to learn from finding it in person? No, it only raised more questions. Oh, shit. So probably about six months ago, I guess. Whenever Lord and Taylor went bankrupt and finally closed their stores. because I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fuck a Lord and Taylor is. <laughs> do they not have those out west it's a department store um i don't, I don't know what that is is that like a jc penny yeah uh, more upmarket more upmarket so more like a macy's more upmarket more like a more Nordstrom's. upmarket more like a Nordstrom's. See, i don't consider nordstrom's to be that upmarket really i don't know why but like the nordstrom's that i've been to here in seattle which is where they're from nordstrom's home territory is seattle yeah but like the ones i've been to here they have such a great selection of affordable shit that's a more recent development for them, I will say. Is it? Um, they used to be more upmarket than they are. I'm not even talking about Nordstrom Rack, which I fucking love. I love a good Nordstrom Rack. Oh, yeah, yeah. A proper Nordstrom has some great, like, they've got a line of clothes that is, like, specifically intended to be, like, non-binary options. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And they are huh. very, very reasonably priced. Like Interesting. Shirts and tops for between twenty to thirty dollars. That's a lot less than I would expect from Nordstrom's. Uh huh. And so, like, I th I think Nordstrom used to have that reputation of being more upscale. Yes. But I've never been to a Nordstrom that feels like it lives up to that reputation. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, this is the thing, though. My biggest memory of a Nordstrom, because I'm not, I don't really like department stores that much, except for that time when Ron Johnson, the guy who ran Apple Retail forever, took over J.C. Penny for a little bit, and like. They stopped doing sales. Oh, is that where is that where the whole like I do remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did this thing where they stopped doing sales, they stopped doing discounts, they stopped doing coupons, and I loved it because I hate doing math. I I hate the fucking Kohl's model. The Kohl's Don't get model me started on Kohl's. Do not get me started on how numbers work in Kohl's because they don't. It makes no sense. All it is is price <laughs> obfuscation. I can't say that word. Yeah. All it is is price Pri obfuscation. <laughs> Obfuscation, yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous, and I, I don't know why it makes me so angry because I've always paid less than what the price said on the on the thing, but it makes me angry that the price on the on the label has no connection to what I pay. Mm -hmm. So like going to J.C. Penny during that brief time when Ron Johnson was in charge of it was great because I could just walk in and see that something like a, a plaid shirt cost twenty bucks and I take it up to the register and, it call, and it, I paid twenty bucks and I walk out with a shirt and I didn't have to do any coupons or join a club or anything. Nobody else likes this, apparently, so they fired him and went back to the old way, which sucked. I, I'm guessing that that made it too easy to understand what you were spending and caused people to spend less. Probably. That's my guess. That could be. There was a thing at the time about, like, there's a certain kind of shopper who, like, enjoys using coupons and, like, feeling like they, get, feeling like they got a bargain. Yes. And I don't understand that entirely. Anyway. I won't claim hmm? to be completely immune to that. That's, you know. I mean, it's a nice surprise, I suppose, but, like, I don't know why. I don't. It just seems so complicated. It is. I just, I just want to give you money for a shirt. I, I would rather know what something costs than have to figure it out. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't make. I, again, the underlying point here is don't make me do math. 
please. And if something's going to be on sale, like on clearance, I want it to actually be on sale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, Lord and Taylor is a small department store chain that was that was pretty high end. Um, you know, they had a flagship on Fifth Avenue and all that. They got bought by a Canadian department store company at some point. Except it's a bad time to be running a department store right now, so they went decided to close them all up. Sure. And the Canadians left, I believe, left the North American, I mean the United States market entirely, and they're just sticking to Canada now. Anyway, so they close all the Lord and Taylors, and now malls across the Northeast are sitting here like, well, now we have a giant department store that's empty again, which keeps happening because they keep going bankrupt or going out of business or whatever, I... which is why... Hmm? I I don't know the last time I went to a mall that didn't have at least one empty anchor. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> the Natick Mall in uh, Natick, Massachusetts, got around this a little bit by um. There's a grocery store in one of the former department stores now. There's a Wegmans that they put in the, in what used to be the Jordan Marsh. Now see, I've seen Target used as anchor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um uh the mall near where I grew up has a Target now instead of what used to be a Filene's. Yeah, I I like Target as an anchor store. I don't think I would like an actual grocery store, though. It's a little weird, but I don't mind it because it's a little bit, like, that particular Wegmans is nice because it has a larger um, prepared food section than some of the others do. And it's mm. got the cart escalators, which are always fun. To me, a good anchor store has to have some sort of shitty clothing department. Mm. It has to yeah. be clothes that are similar to what you could get in the mall proper. Yes. But worse. But worse and probably more expensive for some reason. Except in Target's case, in which case they're actually shittier, worse, and cheaper, more yes. affordable. Yeah, it's the Little Caesars of uh, vaguely stylish clothing. That's where you go to get the Levi Denizen. Yeah. See, this is the thing with Target, though, because I used to buy the um, I used to buy the Wranglers that they used to carry, but don't anymore because they went with their own brand now. Mm. Um, which I'm a little bit annoyed about, but they're still online, so whatever. <laughs> it's been it's been so long since I've bought jeans for any reason. I have enough jeans. I don't need more jeans. I see that I keep. Things keep happening that make me not fit in them anymore. Now, see, here's my here's my big problem right now. Mm -hmm. All the youths have moved away from skinny jeans. Yes. Yes, they have. And so now I'm standing here like an asshole. Like, I'm still listening to The Devil Wears Prada in 2002. Yes, your, your Midwestern pop punk ass is sitting there like, where am I supposed to buy jeans now? Well, I'm, I'm going, everything that I own is now not with it. And I have to make the decision of, do I spend m enough money to become hip and cool again, or do I say I don't give a shit? Um, I would vote for the for the latter, but that's just me. I'll be honest; it's an easier choice as a woman than it would have been prior to transition. Sure, sure. Because a dude wearing skinny jeans after skinny jeans are no longer in style is weird. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> how far off track are we? <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm trying to think how we got here, and it's very funny. Um, uh, I was asking you about Shopper's Find, which we still haven't talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I just mentioned, and I mentioned the Natick Mall, which is where this is. Hmm. So, Lord and Taylor went out of business. They closed all their stores, and most of them, I think, are still empty. Except one day, I went to the, and this is like during one of the lulls in the pandemic. I went to the Natick Mall, and there was a store that had opened in where Lord and Taylor was, and they didn't have any signs up. What do you like, mean? they hadn't put a sign up on the front where the Lord and Taylor sign used to be. Oh, so it was just, like, an unlabeled store. Yeah, it was just an unlabeled store, and they had, like, a little sign on a on a pole in the front that said Shoppers Find, which is apparently the name of the store. And they had an Instagram and a Twitter and a Facebook, and none of them matched. Like, they couldn't get the same handle on each one. Oh. And they also didn't have a website listed. There was no URL. They just had the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram. As far as I can tell, and I, I've done a little bit more research since the first time I found it, which is why it's in my search history more recently, because they've opened a few more of these. What they're basically doing is like they're buying like wholesale overstock lots of random crap. Oh, so like Ross. Yeah, kind of, except less good. Less good, less organized. How do you get less good than Ross? Ross is already at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, this is like, this, it... A lot of it looks like it came from AliExpress, honestly. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, some of it is clearly counterfeit name brand stuff. Some of it is just brands you've never heard of. All of it looks like it fell off the back of a truck. So they have, like, about half the Lord and Taylor, and they had, like, random crap in what used to be the jewelry display cases, like hats and yeah. picture frames and towels in the jewelry sure. display cases. 
The stuff that they're really afraid that people will steal, like towels. Yeah, and hats. Well, hats make like, sense. You can put on a hat and it looks like you're wearing a hat. <laughs> yeah, but who's going to steal a bucket hat? Uh, that's fair. Yeah. So they had about half the first floor. Like I'm considering knitting a bucket hat. Can you knit a bucket hat? You can knit a bucket hat. Huh. I've only ever seen canvas ones, you know? Or like cotton, you know? There's a really popular one right now from Supreme that is crocheted. Oh, is that what they're up to nowadays? Mm-hmm. And huh. I want to do a knitted version of that. The problem is that crocheting it, you can get a little bit more like rigidity and stability in the brim. And oh, knitting, you're not yeah. going to get that yeah. as much. So I'm not sure how I'm going to approach that problem. It's going to be very floppy. Yeah. Floppy bucket hat. So yeah, so the first floor is about halfway partitioned off because I don't think they have enough stock to fill an entire first floor of a former Lord and Taylor. So they got like, you know, men's clothes, women's clothes, no jewelry or anything like that. They got a bunch of random crap in the jewelry mm -hmm. cases. You go up the escalator. And it's just chairs. They're just selling a lot of chairs. Wait, they're selling the chairs. They're selling the chairs. It's not chairs to, like, sit in or chairs that are, like, in storage for some reason. They're selling them? No, they're selling them. And they all look what like... What type of chairs? They all look like chairs, You different kinds of chairs you'd find in different kinds of waiting rooms. Oh. Like, why? picture a... Uh, why? I don't know. That's one of the reasons I'm so confused about this whole enterprise. Um, Wonderful. They're just selling like you know different chairs and stools and and it looks like somebody described a what a department store looks like to someone else over the phone who never heard of a department store before. Okay, so floor and one then sold it, and then floor one is shitty Ross. Yes, and then floor two is chairs. shitty shitty home goods. Shitty shitty home goods. Is it just chairs? What what else is? Up it there? wasn't just chairs. They had like. Some weird dressers and coffee tables and things of that nature. Okay, so yeah, shitty home goods. Yeah, well, like only the furniture part. So they didn't have any like picture frames or any tchotchkes or anything like that. It's just okay, just the thing. And the other thing on the second floor. Well, all all the picture frames and tchotchkes are in the glass case. Ah, with the hats. With the hats. Yeah. So the other thing on the first floor, I mixed it up first because I thought it was in the second, but it isn't. The other thing on the first floor, in the corner, in what used to be the men's section, because I know this particular store, rugs. Oh! A whole bunch of rugs. Just just piled up on the ground. Reasonable rugs? Yeah, I mean, you know, they look fine. I don't. I didn't see anything wrong with them, per se. I, don't, I wouldn't say they're high-quality rugs, but, like, they looked fine. So, my friend, a friend of mine, who was with me on this excursion, they felt like trying to buy something to see if they would actually, like, you know take money so he grabbed a pair of socks from the men's section and took it over to the nearest cashier that like the nearest checkout thing that actually had someone at it which is in the rugs sure and it turns out that guy only does rugs you can't purchase anything else there you can only buy the rugs there yeah of course why not yeah yeah so we got sent to the other side of the store over in the jewelry cases where someone else is willing to check us out they only had like three employees total including the rug guy? That makes sense. It sounds like a place where there aren't many employees and all the employees hate their life. Yeah, that checks out. So I've done a little bit more research in the months since we first encountered this. And it turns out that this is like it's run by a company that specializes in managing, like dealing with all the assets that are left over after someone declares a company declares bankruptcy. So they have all these leases to Lords and Taylor around the Northeast that are empty now because the company doesn't exist anymore. And sure. they've purchased these leases and taken them on to set up these weird airsats department stores. Yeah, kind of like what happened with a lot of the Shopcos when they went bankrupt. With the what now? Shopco? Never heard it, of it. It's, okay. it's fine. It's a, it's a Wisconsin thing. Okay. Was it like a... Like my, a like... my ex-wife my ex was a pharmacist at a Shopco when they went through the whole bankruptcy thing. Oof. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, not, not, not her favorite thing in the world to have experienced. No. No, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah, so so it's just, it's a private equity firm trying to make some amount of money in the cheapest way possible with what used to be a fairly high-end department store. That's shoppers fine. Okay. Yeah. That sounds awful. It is one of the most disconcerting experiences I've ever had in a mall. And that's saying something? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, weird things happen. Um... I want to know why you Googled Dead Dove Do Not Eat. Were you just trying to find the picture? I was. I was just trying to find the meme Dead Dove Do Not Eat. Because in the time that the podcast has been on hiatus, I have started doing a weekly new music newsletter where I put together mm -hmm. a playlist and I write a newsletter about it. And 
this week there was a song on it by Emma Ruth Rundle, who is one of my favorite like avant-garde songwriters and mm-hmm. voices in metal music. And Emma Ruth Rundle this week has a song called Pump Organ Song. Okay. And <laughs> I see where this is going now. <laughs> I think I see where that's going. Yeah, it was very much a dead of do not eat moment for me where I started listening to the song and it's just her singing <laughs> along with a pump organ. I don't know what I expected. I don't know what I expected. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very much just that meme. So I, I, I googled dead dove do not eat because I wanted that meme to throw in the newsletter. Because it is it is exactly what it says on the box. Yep. Yeah. And that's I, that. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I expected here, to be honest. Meta, very meta, but I didn't know what I expected from that search term. I mean, it's just me, me realizing that some things are what they say on the label. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of things that are what they seem... Tell me about USB-C camera battery charger. That's not a transition. That doesn't make any sense. No, you're right. It doesn't. Um, <laughs> so it's also something that doesn't really exist, kind of. What do you mean? I found myself traveling for the first time since the pandemic started earlier in February, and I brought my camera with me. And I thought to myself, because I've been on a sort of a slow, slow um, battle against having anything that isn't USB-C in my life. Mm-hmm. Because it's the only good power connector. That is a slow battle. Yeah, yeah. I'm down to, like, my Kindle and what else? There's, like, a couple things that are annoying. But, like, most of my things, most of the things I use on a regular basis, certainly most of the things I want to travel with are using USB-C now, which is good. And I thought to myself, well, surely somebody's making a battery charger for camera batteries that takes USB-C power delivery that would charge them quickly. I was Mm -hmm. wrong. Nobody is making this. I did manage to find a USB-C, like, standard voltage battery charger for my batteries. But it just, it doesn't fast charge. It just runs at the normal USB wattage. However, it is USB-C and not micro-USB, like all the other ones I found on Amazon. I'm still running micro-USB for everything. God, I can't. I just, I, it, I hate it. I hate it so I much. I hate it so much. It's terrible. It's the worst. I don't... See, here's the thing, because I got my iPhone, which uses Lightning, of course. Everything else, almost everything else, uses USB-C, except for the two biggest things, my Kindle mm-hmm. and my Walkman. Well, you don't get to be picky about the fucking Walkman. The new ones take USB-C, but my model uses the weird uh, Sony proprietary port. Hmm, the SPP. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's called a WM port. Um, I'm I'm thinking about, like, what do do I use that I have to charge regularly? It's like, okay, it's the Switch, my keyboard, Mm -hmm. the Oculus, and then everything else is camera or photography-related stuff. And that stuff, I just, I accept that it's going to be antiquated until I upgrade everything. Yeah, yeah, probably. How old's your camera, anyway? I mean, I'm using a 5D Mark III that's probably 8 to 10 years old. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. Canon EOS R, which is only like four years old. Mm-hmm. That that was Canon's first mirrorless, and they haven't learned. They hadn't learned anything at that point. Oh, they made yeah, all yeah, of their yeah. mistakes on that camera, and right. so it's it's got a few quirks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. the camera itself does use USB C for oh. data transfer. Oh, or for tethering. Mm-hmm. Okay, just not for charging. Yeah. See, this is the thing. So I've got the Olympus um, EM10 Mark III. The Mark IV came out late last year, and they added USB charging in 2021, and it's micro USB. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, why not? Why, why well, not? Why fix do the micro? good thing? Yeah. Why pick the good thing? Exactly. So, yeah, I just, it seems like, it just seems like the sort of thing where it seems like this should exist. It seems like there should be a way to fast charge a camera battery using a USB-C power delivery device. But there isn't. It just doesn't no. exist. Nobody no, does it. not yet. No. But you want to know what I'm really mad about? What's that? The fact that all of my, like, lighting equipment yeah. still uses either double A's mm-hmm. or a proprietary battery. Oh. Not even... It's not even, like, like that infolithium that everyone uses... It's a mm. weird proprietary thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and you can't even, like, put on a V-plate? I don't know what that is. Maybe that's more in video. I don't know. Because, like, there are some, there's some studio equipment that, just, like, takes a common battery plate that you can attach. And then, like, it's, it's, it's shaped like a V. Am I, am I mixing the name up there? Yeah, no. Uh, my stuff does not use this. Hmm. That's annoying. No. Because it would be really handy if you could just put a different plate on to use the same kind of battery with everything. But 
Well, see, my <laughs> my like receiver that goes on the camera uses the double A's, mm-hmm. and then the the strobes themselves use these big yeah. ass block batteries. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're, they're just these giant blocks that are very specific to this battery that or to this flash that I use. Right, and Ugh. yeah, I'm. I'm just kind of like stuck using this proprietary thing where I have to remember to bring the charger with me everywhere yeah. I go because if I don't have the charger and I don't bring it myself, there's no chance I will ever be able to charge from something else. <laughs> no, of course not. See, and that's the thing. I'm trying to get as many things down to just using USB-C as possible so that I can just use one charger for any number of things. Right. Or at least, you know, one, one, one mains adapter plugged into whatever the heck. Right, like, I've got a little USB brick at this point that yeah, I yeah. keep, yeah. you know, two USB-C, a lightning, and a micro-USB mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's my life. Mm-hmm. So in case this extended diatribe about power adapters didn't put you to sleep, what's up with uh, sublingual melatonin? Sublingual melatonin. So I did not know that melatonin came sublingual. I didn't either, actually. But um, uh, I was talking to my psych to see if there was something I could do about the fact that some nights I fall asleep instantly and sleep perfectly through the night. And then some nights, like last night, Mm -hmm. I end up lying in bed for literally four to five hours before I can fall asleep. Yeah, no, don't want that. I take trazodone. Trazodone is Mm -hmm. an antidepressant that is most commonly prescribed as a sleep aid. Yeah, yeah. And I take that. And even with the trazodone at 100 milligrams, there are nights where I can't fall asleep for sometimes four to five hours. And so... I'm talking to my psych and I'm like, is there anything that I can do? And she's like, well, you can try melatonin, but try to go for the one that's sublingual so that it uptakes faster. Huh. So I guess that's what I'm going to do. But I'm not allowed to take any supplements until after surgery because right, yeah, anesthesia yeah, yeah. doesn't want me to take anything that's unregulated. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, I've never even seen it because I've bought plenty of melatonin in my life, but I've never seen sublingual. It's more expensive. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm pretty annoyed about that. It's like 10 bucks for 100 tablets, which feels yeah. like too much. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. No. I don't know. I'm running out of steam. I think that uh, I have reached the point where I, I don't know how to be funny or engaging anymore. That's fair. <laughs> what, you don't want to talk about uh, baseball? <laughs> I really don't want to talk about baseball. <laughs> Fuck baseball. <laughs> we've, already t- <laughs> we've already talked about baseball anyway, so you know. <laughs> I, I did think about going there when you were talking about mm-hmm. your TV and talking about the radio and all that. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about baseball. Fuck baseball. That's fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> so, hey, I think we got a show. You want to do this again next week? Yeah, sure. Sure. Do you want me to bill you as co-host? Uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. I do think there's a, there's a bit to the show where part of the joy of the show is the two people who have a consistent relationship mm-hmm. getting sure. to... Okay getting to riff off of each other based on expectations that come from the consistent relationship. No, I think you're right. I think that's part of the show. So if you want to keep doing this every week, we can still have guests on. That's fine. But also, I think having us as the consistent anchor makes it more fun. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. It's just very funny that you asked me this during a, like, I've been thinking, like, I should start a podcast lately, but I don't know about. Yeah, I saw you tweet about that. Yeah. Siri, what is, stop. (laughs) Stop.